Wait. You gotta <laughs> give me them potatoes. Could you go, could you turn them down like all the way? <laughs> it's a picture. It's a motion picture. I don't get who buys a fish and doesn't know what kind of fucking fish it is. I love cinema. Is this cinema? I want to make a good mob movie. Video streaming. I love Guardians of the Galaxy. Ooh. Yeah. Hello. And welcome to We Bought a Mic. Wow. A pop culture podcast talking cinema. Like Frozen 2. With a fun mix of healthy banter and careful critical <laughs> analysis i'm yeah. Ernest, and we have a great guest oh, very shit. special guest yeah but first i'm drew don't introduce me yet <laughs> you know i i can see the floor let's let's introduce the guest first because Fuck. i'm a good host oh i've done that to like all our other guests just not you uh, i'm i'm, a, I'm dane i'm, I'm hunter i'm a regular i'm not a guest but dane yeah, yeah. first time uh, guest, but First long time on. friend. Oh, thank you. That's Welcome so to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, this show is sponsored by White Claw. You got to disclose that we're getting rowdy this week. So talking, I, I have a hot take. We're talking the new Disney Plus movie, The Luck of the Irishman. Mm-hmm. It's about that, but also very G-rated. I my favorite White Claw flavor actually changes by. Th- the variety pack that I buy. Like right now it's raspberry. <laughs> I'm not even I think it's better than black is it cherry. Just, is it just your favorite one? Like is the first one that you it's, drink? It's the one that I'm It'd be drinking. like I'm really <laughs> coming around to Ruby grapefruit yeah. now. Whichever one I'm drinking, you know, I'm uh, I live in the moment. <laughs> also, we have a live studio audience. You wanna say hi? Oh uh hello. It's crazy name. See, that, could, all right, that's enough. You no, couldn't tell. <laughs> that was actually the voice of 30,000 people, but it just all made yeah, one sound, tonal voice. Sound like a lot of people now. Crazy Nate here. We got it. We got it. All right. They all just said crazy Nate here. All The whole audience. 30,000 people named Nate. <laughs> all right. Well, we got a big old motion picture to talk about, and it's not projected on celluloid as he would prefer mr Mm -hmm. scorsese it is his new movie the irishman um there's a lot to talk about here it's very daunting Mm -hmm. very uh um intimidating (laughs) very long yeah this three and a half hours so is this the longest movie you guys have ever seen because it is for me i think the godfather might be a little longer let me how how long long is godfather part well i don't know it's it's, way shorter i mean this this, is three and a half hours he's made multiple three hour movies like wolf of wall street is about three hours silence is about three hours but this is like i feel like this was an aside something that i was talking about with another friend uh off mic on (laughs) plug a different podcast that was you want to you want to talk about it don't plug it I'm not going to plug it. it you want to review your appearance? I'm, I'm going to review my appearance on a different podcast aside from this one. Um, but I, one thing that I was talking about on uh, this other podcast that were named Nameless, it was the Snyder Column podcast. I don't want to plagiarize myself. Um, I just have to cite it. Um, but I was saying that I think that one of the reasons why uh, Scorsese ended up making this movie with Netflix is because he had a very specific idea in mind, and he tried to take that to studios, and he's like, so here's the deal. It's going to be like three and a half to four hours long. And like Sony was like, uh, no. And then Universal was like, uh, no. Do you think that's true? So then Netflix was like, you can just make your director's cut the movie. And he was like, okay, cool. Yeah. 
I they mean, bankrolled this thing. It's honestly. a smart move by Netflix. I mean, they kind of did a similar thing with Roma, where he had made like a couple profitable movies, and he was like, "I want to make one that's not necessarily profitable." And they were like, "Yeah, we don't, we don't make any profit ever." Yeah, like, and they're always in the red, so they're like, "Yeah, go for it." It's crazy <laughs> that Netflix was the one to actually step up and pay for this thing because they are kind of to blame for the industry being in the place where this type of movie doesn't get made in the studio system anymore. <sighs> that's just like fucking like making your cake having it and eating it and then exactly. like shitting it all by yourself <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then like, eating the shit it. too it's, <laughs> it's literally all of it. like they made this process and they're like man yeah. i guess nobody can make movies like this anymore except for us so Sucks. wow that's crazy isn't it i mean whatever it was an inevitability i don't blame netflix for the fact that streaming <laughs> took over like streaming is uh better than going to the movies like as a whole Streaming um, is for the people. Going to the movies is the proletariat. Uh, question. Did you watch this movie in a theater and your ass hurt three and a half hours later? No, but it did hurt yeah, um, so. on a couch. <laughs> okay. So how did everyone <laughs> see this movie? I fucking watched it at uh, like 10 p.m. on uh, the night before Thanksgiving. Cool. In one sitting? No, I did not make it one okay. sitting. <laughs> how many? So was it all it was, in it one was night? Two, it was two sittings. I in watched, one night. I woke up the next morning at like 9 a.m. And finished it. And then I finished okay. it. Was, it was okay. Like, yeah, it was like the last hour. I, like I, I found a good time to stop. Which is like the best part. Yeah, I was like, all right, this is the climax. Yeah. But like I know what's coming on here. And I like. You don't want to fall asleep. Exactly. Yeah. I, was I like, can't miss any of the details. I watched it uh, last night. Um, I was at my parents uh condo and luckily my dad just got a black friday deal on like a on a solid tv nice um not not like super vibrant but still 4k don't worry um was there hdr i don't was it oled i knew you were gonna grow me i don't know i don't know i'm sorry i don't know you know 4ks aren't all created it it looked good when i looked at it was it it curved (laughs) no it wasn't curved. that's bullshit as long as it's 4k it's gonna be Better. Oh, it's going to be at least true. as oh, good that's... as most projections. You systems. know what the future of TV needs to be is glare free. That's mm. my take. Oh fuck yeah! Get well, it. Put get some it money into that shit. Samsung. Fuck. So one interesting thing about this movie being released at this time of year, holiday season, is that you know you're getting together with your family. Yes. And you're wondering like, should we go to the movies? That's kind of like the thing to do. That's something that I was talking to my family about was like, you know, we could go see Frozen 2. I wasn't really about it. I wanted to convince them to see Knives Out. Yeah, I would push Knives yeah. Out. And That's my uh, recommendation. We ended up not even seeing anything. Oh, we, we tried to watch the report and I just fell asleep. Um, <laughs> but then after I came back to town, they just watched The Irishman on okay. Netflix. Okay. I guess they right just hate there. you, dude. Independently? Yeah. Uh, of you? Yeah. Well, I mean, I was raving about it the whole time I was there. Oh, I couldn't wow. couldn't shut up about it. Okay. Um, but yeah, th- it's like we're in a new era where these uh, holiday movie seasons are bleeding over into the streaming world. And it's a perfectly strategic move for Netflix to put out arguably their biggest movie of this season right at this holiday. I mean, it also, it just, this is kind of the perfect holiday movie for a variety of reasons one like you said so it's like a movie that you can watch with your family it's also a movie to watch to escape from your family Mm. if you're just like 
I just need like a four hour. Yeah, everyone shut up for a whole day. <laughs> like was, no, that, that that's literally like I, I feel that where you're just like I just want to go in a room, lock the doors, and pretend like I'm taking a four hour nap, then just throw on the Irishman. Like yeah. that's I feel like this movie it's very purposeful for the timing that it is coming well, out around here. For me though, I had to put it on uh, after my family went to sleep. Which oh, was you like, didn't watch it with your dad? No, this no, is not a family movie. It's so long. I wasn't gonna. I know that they were not gonna watch a whole three and a half hour movie. Are they I not just, into Scorsese? Um, not no, not like deeply. Not three and a half hours. Not worth to the of point Scorsese. that I could convince them to all sit down and be quiet because we never see each other. Like to make them shut up for that long is borderline offensive. Because I'm saying, <laughs> stop talking, even though I won't see you for another six months. You know, so I waited until 11:30 p.m. and I was I was sleepy, but I stuck it out and. By the end, I was very glad I did. You're a stronger man that. than me, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have I, insomnia. <laughs> I think. <laughs> okay. I think the movie earns its long runtime, and oh. the conversation around like whether or not it's worth it to have a movie this long, it just ends up in like that's the point. It's supposed to be this long, almost endless thing. Yeah, like when I when I started it, I looked at the time and it's like three and a half hours, and I'm like, fuck. All right, so I started, and I, it was like probably like 20, 30 minutes in. And that's when I, like, really got hooked. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, by the end of the movie, I was like, well, it was really fucking long. But, like, I don't think there's anything that I would have cut. Right. Like, I, it's e hard every, to. Every bit really just added on to, like, the rest of the movie. Especially the second half of it. Oh, yeah. The, the, the second half of the movie, I think it starts to feel kind of like life. How it just starts to whoosh yeah. by faster and yeah, faster. Well, and it's it's more you like you start to as things develop and you see how time is progressing, you understand what you're in for. When like I didn't know that it was going to deal with, uh, I guess progressively unaging the characters. Mm -hmm. I I thought it might just be a full throwback movie, and I was like. I don't need three and oh, a half yeah. hours of like just them being this young. That like was pr probably the hardest part for me at the beginning was it was like, all right, we got three different ages of Robert De Niro, and I'm like, ah, oh, shit, this is like this is gonna require some brain power. Yeah, I, especially <laughs> at the very beginning because we flash really quickly between the three of them, and I was like, oh boy. And the thing is, De Niro didn't throw me as off as much, but um, I love Joe Pesci, and the first time that we see him at the truck stop, I'm like, what the fuck is tr is Joe Pesci's mouth doing right now? Like that is not. It's all in the mouths. The it's, only flaws you see in this movie are the mouths. It's in, in the opinion. jawline and the mouths. It's like how they talk. It yeah. just looks like they're wearing a mask of another person and, on them. Uh, and for some reason, it looks like they all have cataracts. Especially yeah, Bobby I D. I think it's because they wanted to give him blue eyes, so they you know he's Irish, I guess you know. But like you're like, well, I know he doesn't, and he didn't when he was that there age. Were, <laughs> there were a couple shots of young De Niro that were a little. Uh, yeah, just distracting and mostly uncanny. mostly at the beginning. And I think I think yeah. I, I don't know if it got better or if it I just got more used to it. Well, I think as he gets older, it gets better because the thing with There's the de aging, it. it's not even that it looks bad. Like it looks good. It looks like a younger guy, but it it almost has the effect of like when uh, an aging actress will get Botox and they do look younger, but they're also incapable of making certain expressions anymore. Like, his face wasn't moving when he was younger. And then once he gets more forehead wrinkles, you can actually see if he feels, like, a certain way. And that kind of does work because the character is really stoic anyway. Like, it's not like this is a really emotional guy. Yeah, yeah there, there was an awful lot of shots of just Robert De Niro just, like, kind of, like, looking, looking at yeah. yeah, Yeah, but I think the performance and the, and the character lends itself oh, to yeah. that. Because yeah. you, you have this guy 
who has almost no agency of his own that's, life. Uh, yeah, that's absolutely not like taking away for anything. It's like like Robert De Niro fucking pulled that shit off. Just yes. like just looking. Yeah. He like, did some, he did some really really good acting in this yeah. movie. He he gets to do a lot of very nuanced work, yeah. a lot of very just kind of detailed and 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 measured and not showy because uh Pacino gets all the. Oh That's what I was about to say. Was we haven't even talked about yeah. Pacino yet? Who is the showy role? Oh, in this and part. also, and God. Like, he owns that shit. There like, is he, well, there's there's no amount of de aging that can make him not expressive. Like yeah. he's yeah. so expressive. Like I was. Certain movies remind you how good an actor is, and that this did it for me for Pacino. And it's his first collaboration with so, Scorsese. I know, and that's kind of mind fucking. It's like never, kind of upsetting they, that we they yeah, should be yeah, a whole career that never overlaps. He, there would be because he wouldn't star, but he could he, if he had worked with Scorsese, he'd have like four supporting actor wins by yeah. now. So <laughs> like, I I wanted to uh, specifically shout. So there was a. Uh, GQ did a profile. Uh, at this point, what you're listening to, it's probably going to be about two weeks old. But it was a interview with De Niro and Pacino because they've been friends for at this point about 50 years. Um, and we can link to it in the show notes because it's a great interview between the two of them. But just in that interview, you completely understand both of their personalities because it's a written interview. But 75% of the answers are coming from Pacino because Pacino just like cut in there and he's just very like energetic and he does kind of touch a little bit on kind of how he'd stepped away from acting for like three for like a four year span because he got really into doing lots of drugs around the Scarface period oh, wow. early mid to mid 80s time he's like, a coke boy it's it makes a lot of sense but just like listen or reading the interview I should say it it showcases everything about both of their personalities. It's a really well-written interview, so I just wanted to plug that as well. So, um, did you guys want to, while talking about Scorsese <clears throat> and everybody, go through a little bit of his filmography? Sure. Um, Dane, so how? what is your relationship to Scorsese? Uh, Any, anything? Cousin? Little uncle. to none. Okay. <laughs> so this is like this, your first big I think big this was a pop in my cherry, yeah. Like, okay. Wow. So, the Departed, Taxi Driver, Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, Ring nah. a bell? <laughs> I, I mean, like, you know, I've, I've, like, heard about all of them, and I, heard, I like, listen to, like, reviews about, like, Wolf mm -hmm. of Wall Street and Departed, mm -hmm. but, like... Yeah, I'm, not, I'm more of a TV guy than okay. a movie guy. Hey, he has. I'm made, here for it, honey. <laughs> he has made a couple TV shows. I, he did Boardwalk Empire. Yeah, he did Vinyl. Okay. Vinyl got a lot of hate. He did Vinyl. It yeah. got canceled after one season, but I watched it. It was pretty solid. Hey, it, without that show, we would not have Bobby yeah. Cannavale in this yes. movie. Yes, Drew, Drew, oh. Drew approached me with like, 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 what week would you like to do? And he like gave me a list, and I like I looked at them all, and I was like. You know, I was like thinking about kind of seeing The Irishman, so yeah. like that's that's like the least offensive thing to me. And then mm -hmm. this gives me like a good reason to watch it. And then right. I watched it, and I didn't like really expect to like get like super into it. But like I said, like like twenty minutes into it, I was like fucking hooked. Yeah. Do you think that this movie will make you now go back and see like Goodfellas? Oh yeah, and... absolutely. Like I, like I told my dad that I was watching, and he was like, yep. "Oh, so you you probably like Goodfellas now, right?" I <laughs> Definitely. Like, I will say, watch Goodfellas is in a weird way kind of the inverse of this movie, where it completely. It kind of fetishizes the mob culture in a way that this. Uh, I love how, how just dark it was. Yeah, yeah. Like, this well, was I'll, cold as hell. Most of his, because he does a, a lot of like his specialty is Italian mob movies. He's so good at it, and 
all of them, I wouldn't say any of them fully glorify it because there's all always a come yeah. down. But they all have an act of like the like everything's going well, you know. And this one did not. Like when everything is going well is when this movie is at its most boring. Well, the best thing, the best I, scene yeah. about this, and it happens really early, is the whole scene where it's just Robert De Niro is just kind of a freelancer dude, and he's just like, yeah, I'm just gonna go around there. It's like, no, fuck this guy. You know who? You know this company's coming in there. You know who they work for? They work for us. You gotta yeah. go fuck this also, guy. Also. What, yeah, I go burn his I think I think the thing <laughs> that'll blow your mind most if you go back and watch De Niro movies or, or Scorsese movies is uh, Italians are all the same, you know these motherfucking. Uh, well, I mean, I, there's a lot of crossover between Scorsese yeah, and De Niro. There's like ten I, movies. These fucking uh, wops are fun. <laughs> at, at the risk of sounding like a bad person. I think the casual racism. Like, like, you know, it was a good part. It was just like, yeah. wow, it like it really like added depth to just these characters. Yeah, he's just, not like, afraid just to on the shy Jews away from the Italians. People like, are people he's not afraid to racist. shy away yeah, from like, like oh. historical accuracy. Yeah, and also Scorsese is uh, very Italian. Yeah, so, so, so. I, I read articles and shit about like the like historical accuracy of this, mm-hmm. and it's yeah, like same. it's based on a book that like mm-hmm. was like dictated from this guy Frank Sheeran. Yeah. yeah. It, there, there was only like one scene that was like like an artistic like decision to add into the movie. Yeah. Well, a lot of this is this guy looking at his life in a very particular way and 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 looking at some of these events in maybe a more grandiose way than they actually happen, but the, it's not depicted in a way that glorifies yeah, any of it. It's not as grandiose as any other mob movie you've ever seen. Right. I like think- you know? I think the best way to like like illustrate like how they didn't glorify it was with all the fucking like Peggy scenes. Just his daughter looking yes. at him. I loved mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I want to get super into that in the spoiler section. Yeah, because there's about a what moment this movie is really about. There's, there's, there's a like moment in particular. Five moments that are. Just... She says Peggy says uh, seven words total in the movie. Oh wow. Oh yeah. And yet she, her screen time is way higher than that. Mm-hmm. Like you know what? Because it's all about her. It's all look. about the look. Yeah, yeah, I think without without giving anything away, the the best thing about this movie to me is how it is about this life dedicated to violence and crime and how this man has basically sidelined everything to be this errand boy, this this dog for hire. He's just a dude. He's just living life. Yeah, man. but he's not living it in service of his loved ones right, or his yeah. duties as a father. He, is, he just sees it as a job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then when he gets to the end of his life, it it really this movie is like this kind of philosophical look at life of crime and why would somebody actually truly live that life and what would they want to get out of it so i do have a question for you guys who have seen more scorsese movies where would you put this in his catalog of movies i think it's worthy of the top 5 yeah, um, from, I fucking love this movie. From what I've seen, because I've only seen like the greatest hits, I, he has a like quite a few movies. Some of which are not like I'm not saying they're bad, but they are forgotten by the sands of time a lot more so than like uh you know Taxi Driver. I, I would, I mean, you would agree probably that this is below Taxi Driver, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, Taxi yes. Driver might actually be my number one. Yeah, um, it's an incredible movie. It's a uh, much more succinct take on depression and loneliness. <laughs> um. Have you ever seen Joker? (laughs) (laughs) That's a Scorsese movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. He does a lot of hero movies. Um, (laughs) He's a big fan. Big superhero guy. Um, Wolf of Wall Street is an interesting comparison because that is a movie that revels in being shitty instead of instead of a lot of people a lot of people knock it for that. Yeah. Yeah. See, Um, but I personally would 
take Wolf of Wall Street over Irishman. Well, Maybe that's just me. Um, I... I still, like, I really enjoy a lot of things about this movie. The way I said this to Dane off mic, that I think that this might be the greatest movie that I will never, that I have no plans on ever watching again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because Wolf of Wall Street is very one, long, but I might watch it Yeah, again. one, it's very long, but it's also very dour, where Wolf of Wall Street is just a fucking blast, man. Like, that movie is three hours, but, like... it's It shoots on by. I can remember, like, pretty much every beat of that movie, because it's just such a fun time. Kind of like cocaine? I crack cocaine a lot like smoke some fucking crack with me, bro. (laughs) Dude, the Quaalude scene is like one of the best scenes in movies of the decade. I just uh, rewatched Wolf of Wall Street last night. It is a masterpiece. But I mean, I will say, I mean, I think that this is like it's hard to say for sure because I mean, Scorsese has made this isn't like we did a Tarantino watch through before Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We can't just do a watch through of Scorsese movies because it's like, yeah, let's go check out The Last Temptation of Christ. I want to. uh, (laughs) The Last Waltz and all these other. Like, he's made so many band movies and everything else. The dude, uh, okay, so on IMDb, he has 65 director credits. And I tried to go back to some of his older ones. That's more than me. I rewatched a few of his older ones. Like, I rewatched Mean Streets, which was his big breakthrough, which is a really great Harvey Keitel performance. Mm -hmm. Love that movie. Uh, Raging Bull, which I had never seen before. I would say that this is better than Raging Bull, in my opinion. There's Um, a lot of uh, similar similarities. Yeah, I uh, I'll get more into it in spoilers because I had never seen Raging Bull before. I watched it like literally the day before seeing The Irishman. It's also Pesci. A lot of tonal similarities between these two. You are gonna be uh, mind fucked when you see Pesci in other movies. I'm telling you. Oh yeah. Like he his performance in this catches you so off guard if you know any other performance he's done because he's usually so over the top. Yeah, it was and like he is the most grounded, super person. subtle. Just yeah, like, like I, I loved it. And man. watch him in Goodfellas, and good. That was that's like still one of my favorite characters in any movie ever is him in Goodfellas because he is like you think that he might pull out a gun and shoot any person in the room <laughs> that he's with at any time, and he just might, and you just have to go along for the um, ride. That performance might be like one of the all time greatest performances <laughs> so ever. Good. It's so, so good. fucking electric energetic like he is just firing on cylinders that i didn't even know were possible it's unreal um so now irishman which obviously is the the newest film and you know we've talked about it for about 30 minutes now i don't know how much we else we can say without um spoiling kind of getting into the specifics i did want to give a shout out to some of the like other peripheral cast members action bronson uh, yeah, Action Bronson. Awesome. Shout out to Ray Romano. Hey. Ray fucking Romano is incredible. Also, also from Vinyl. He's great in Vinyl. He's a good actor. Yeah. That's the thing. Uh, the big well, sick, I great mean, actor. Guys, yeah. come on. Like, the cast Harvey of this Keitel. movie is... Uh, like everyone Wait. wanted to be in this movie. But you know who the real the real every Italian in America. The best Dion Waiters heat check performance in this movie is definitely Stephen Graham as Tony Pro. I was see that's a guy I didn't really know and I was really uh, I, impressed. I uh, was blown. He's away the guy who wears shorts. Yeah, I'm almost best unseen. Uh, Jesse Plemons doesn't. Yeah, come Jesse Plemons. I I sat there There's for like a an hour and a half, scene. two hours, just waiting for him to say one word. I know. Yeah, like, Please <laughs> come on, dude. Let's do it. Say words. <laughs> the there's a courtroom sequence that happens in this movie, which is also like there's a lot of just 
all-time amazing yeah, scenes in this movie. we should say this movie is hilarious. Yeah, it's really funny. It's not a comedy, but there are truly well, most, of it, most of it rides in the Pacino most of it rides in the Pacino moments yeah. though that's why I think Pacino is the MVP yeah. and of it's this movie. it's fair game to say that Pacino plays Jimmy Hoffa who is a very uh, you know well known and storied person if you're old an american folk hero yeah exactly not um, a lot of people know like millennials don't know who jimmy Hoffa I, yeah is, i was though. reminded they, they, they of make a, a little like snide comment yeah about exactly that. and it's true because i had i had read his wikipedia page years ago but i was reminded of it all watching this because all you really know like the big thing you know is like people say he's buried under a fucking what like giant stadium or something mm. That's that the was the thing. the rumor. Yeah, it's not uh, true. Because yeah. why would the mob bury someone where you could find them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, he, I would give him the supporting actor win. Like if Pacino. I if I could give it to anyone in any movie this year so far, I would give it to him over Brad Pitt and one spot time. Yes, I love Al Pacino when he's good. And this is one of the movies where he is just yeah. All they cylinders. let him fucking take the ball and run out of the stadium with his dead body underneath it. So, so in that, I mean, do you guys think De Niro gave the best lead performance in a movie that you've seen this year? Lead performance? I, oh, man, no, I don't know. Because, I, uh, I mean, he's definitely going to be nominated. He might be a favorite. I mean, I love him actor. in this, but I also love Lupita Nyong'o in oh, Us. Well, fuck. lead actor, that, let's say. Oh, actor. male actor. Um, oh. Over Leo. Brad Pitt in Ad Astra, I think, is oh. great. He's not going to get nominated, but I love that. Um, you guys haven't seen Waves The thing yet, is, but. It's, it's like I said earlier, I think the acting he does in the last hour of the movie is probably the best acting he's ever done. Yeah, there's some, yeah, there's some, some true sadness in his performance like, that is very understated. Yeah, like it's all in the eyes. It, it rips your guts out. Yeah, it really I th- does. I think that you are right that his acting is better when they don't de age him. Yeah, because when you don't have it's, wrinkles, you don't make expressions. That's literally just a rule of how faces work. Now and that they took away all the wrinkles. Now that we're back in the in the de aging topic, I, I did want to say that um for the bulk of the movie, I was completely into the d- illusion of it. Like yeah, I was well fooled. done. I was for, fooled by it for the bulk. But there <laughs> not are not the first twenty minutes. There are exactly <laughs> there fair. are moments where it does kind of take a while to get used to it, you, you and just I gotta think adjust. I think it's it's particularly with the with the De Niro stuff, and a lot of people have been talking about how like you can't de-age the way the body moves. And this guy, okay. like, he yeah. lumbers. He, he can't move like a young man. And that, there's that a, really shows, particularly in a scene where he is doing violence. What, like the uh, the first? Uh, the, where he goes into the shop and just, like, brings the guy out of it. And, and he's, like, kicking him. And you're like, this is, like, an 80-year-old yeah, man kicking yeah. somebody. Can I, can I talk about hits? Uh, or should I wait for spoilers for that? I mean, he's a hit man. I think that's pretty pretty obvious. <laughs> no, right? he paints houses. He oh, there's someone shit, else that's right. like, yeah. Oh, I blew it. I read that he paints houses. He must paint houses. <laughs> he does his own carpentry, too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, if you if you can I, if you can do it without really giving away any any big uh, oh, I just really plot loved, details like how like like quick it was. It's like anytime he went to kill somebody, it's not like this long drawn out thing. It's, it's like, snappy. It's just like I'm here to kill you, brat, brat. One more for good measure. I'm out. And <laughs> and then that makes it so much more like visceral, realistic. Yeah, because if you take a scene and you draw it out and you build up the music and you and you have like a slow motion sequence or something. It, it it is gonna have a completely different impact than just like pull out gun, shoot, yeah. fire, run away. The, the most buildup was just like 
like it would show him like on the lead up and then like have like a Robert De Niro voiceover of like how he planned the hit. Yeah. And, like, which yeah. is gr- the shot the of the guns on oh the my bed. God. <laughs> that was great. So, I mean, this leads to one thing that I liked and I didn't like about the movie as much was I thought that the way that the voiceover worked was excellent. I didn't like how much it kept flashing to like old present day De Niro because then it kind of then every time that I looked back and I saw his DH face I could notice the difference <laughs> where I feel like if it was just like you see him in the very beginning and then you kind of get lost in it and you just hear the voiceover I would have been more swept away in not really paying attention to the differences. I mean, I know I'm kind of picking nits a little bit here, I, but I, I I kind of agree with you, but on like the same like kind of thing. I think it would be like good like in between acts you go back to like super old De Niro. Yeah, well, like movie... we could see it like t- yeah, two yeah. or three times like, throughout like, the movie. Like a little bit less, but like I, I, I think I really like like uh you know just like flashing back to him because like at the beginning I, I you know I barely register. It's like okay, old Robert De Niro and then like as I got like more into like the movie, it really started like resonate a little bit more. Like, what the fuck's this guy doing? Like, he's just old. Like, yeah. you know, the movie doesn't delineate the different eras. It just sort of takes you through them I, seamlessly. I think that's what really made the first twenty minutes rough because mm-hmm. you don't know exactly like how much time has passed. Exactly. I'm just and, like, what and the also, fuck's going on? At one point, I think Pesci calls De Niro the kid. And that really <laughs> surprised me because I'm like, hold on a second. How old is this, this guy? guy supposed to be right now? Because he looks like 40. And he's, he, is he supposed to be like in his 20s? You know, you can't. How much? Post-military. I would guess that they wanted to, him to be in his 30s, but he looks like he's in his late 40s, early 50s. Yeah. Yeah. The one shot of the, the, the World War II, that oh, was the yeah. worst de-aging <laughs> of all of it. Well, Good it, thing it was brief. Yeah, at least there, there was like grime and he was wearing a helmet also. Mm-hmm. And it's like right. it, it wasn't really focused on like his facial expressions and more on just like the action that was going in. Just yeah. showing that he's always been kind of brutal, a brutal guy who just yeah. follows orders. Well, yeah. also that scene is uh, like extremely critical. It's one of those... Th- uh, this happens a lot in movies where, like, in the first act, there will be a quick little scene that is what the movie is entirely about, and it's like you you, you think it's a throwaway, but from what I already knew about the movie, I already I was like, yeah, this is where he's talking about. I always wondered why they kept digging their own graves. You know, like they thought if they did a good job, they wouldn't be killed, mm-hmm. and that's what the movie's about. Like, oh yeah. man, yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. entirely. I didn't even pick up on that. That's the whole thing. Like, uh, the movie makes a point. Uh, when they introduce a character, most of the time they show how they died, right? And that, when they died, that was a that was a motif that took a little bit of time for me to grow on. And I think there was only like really, really one instance of it that I didn't like, and it was like one guy that they told him told us how he died, and uh, uh, and then I'm gonna get into spoilers. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, there is this isn't even a spoiler because it's somebody who you only see in one scene, but I did love because that is a motif that happens. And there's one guy where it flashes to him, and it's just like. Johnny Jones yeah. uh, died at night, liked by all, died yeah. at 91 uh, yeah. by well, like, heart attack. Like one guy yeah. got out and he actually got out. <laughs> well, that goes to the, the comedic aspects of yeah, this that's movie. A joke. It can, continuously, it just sprinkles in these moments of levity to kind of not make this such a morbid experience. Uh, in my experience, um, Scorsese movies aren't this like dour thing to endure, you know? They're always like full of. Entertainment. He understands that a movie-going experience should be something that you enjoy to a certain extent. I mean, they're not like romps. This movie, there is this heavy sadness uh, that kind of overtakes it, but it's not the whole thing. 
there's plenty yeah. of uh, other little bits of tone thrown in there. And to your point about the the death uh, freeze frame uh, text on screen, that just adds to the the cloud of death that hangs over this movie, mm. and it feeds into this idea that it's inevitable. It's yeah. inevitable. It, everyone around him is marked to die and all of these people signing up for this life of crime are doing it maybe for each unique reasons but they're all probably doing it to feel a sense of excitement and and vigor in their lives but yeah. why well and What's for the fraternity point? That's that's a big a belonging uh, with the rings. Yeah, it's a big theme that's, of the yeah. um, the yeah. Sopranos as well. Is like the, the the fact that these guys all just mostly kind of hang out. Yeah, <laughs> you know that like, was a big theme in Goodfellas yeah, too. Yeah, Goodfellas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a big part of being. Well, I mean a mob. that and that theme kind of runs true even with people who aren't directly connected to the mob. And I guess I should save it for spoilers, but a major historical figure dies over the course of this movie. What? I guess I mean I don't know if you guys have anything else to say pre-spoiler. No, we can use this as kind of a yeah. We can we can get into well. We have to say how we felt about the movie. Oh, I mean, did we all like it? I think we all did. I I, like I said, it's one of the best movies that I don't ever have plans on watching again anytime soon. My biggest gripe, I I seriously think this movie needed an intermission. Ooh, yeah, yeah. like given the hateful eight treatment. No, like having an intermission doesn't make it a bad movie. Like fucking Ben Hur, like the Ten Commandments. That shit had an intermission, and those are fucking classics. So, what if Netflix had put out like like the Irishman Part One? And then, like a week later, Ooh. the Irishman. I, I would not have liked if they if they'd done a time thing, <laughs> but like, I mean, like I could think of like a perfect time to throw an intermission in, mm-hmm. and like I, I just think that that really, really would have like added to like. Or they like, could just release it in two parts at ex- the same exactly. time, and I mean that would be the exact same thing. Right, it would be, it would be like, all right, you can watch this first half, and then like, and, yeah. al- and also I'll, decide I'll, if you want to watch the I'll, second. I'll tell I'll tell you where I would put the intermission, but I'll wait for spoilers but, for uh, that. But. I don't know. I I like that idea, but I don't know if if that would work for this movie because the whole point of the movie is to feel the length of it. That's you fair. want it to be this long drawn out um, thing because and, yeah. well, it's you a want to story about older. life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and death and how the passage of time affects the your perception of your own life i i just i don't think any of it like like was like uh uh like tarnished by me like like sleeping on like the first half of the movie Mm -hmm. a little it's like i you know i i like i said earlier i i don't think there's anything i would take away like i think the full three and a half hour like maybe speed up a hair well, that's the thing is like some of the going back and forth between the mob and Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah, because like that, that could have that would have shaved maybe like two and a half minutes off. But like that's the, not a, still, a big deal. There are know? a couple scenes that you could call redundant and maybe like undo. Uh, but the, yeah, the biggest thing is the movie. Like you said, it wants to make a point to f- make things feel drawn out, yeah. and it does it in terms of like shot length and scene length, but then yeah. also movie length. And I think that this would have felt like a really long movie if it were three hours. I think it could have been shorter, to be honest. The the there's a scene, uh, there's this big like extended sequence that is the appreciation dinner, and there's a scene in that that is uh, uh, Pesci or sorry, uh, Pacino and De Niro having a conversation with each other, and it goes back and forth and back and forth and back <laughs> that, and forth that, for so long, 
And I think that that adds to your point about it being able to trim to be trimmed down. But I, if you look at it in the scene. context of this man at the end of his life looking back on his uh, memories, it makes perfect sense because of the, the, the guilt and the regret that he's filled with and he, him wanting to linger on these meaningless moments, these back and forths that ultimately led to nothing. But he wants that to be mean something and to be longer and longer so you're kind of in his perspective there um so with that i think we can move on to spoilers there's no like box office to talk about because it is uh <laughs> oh, netflix how much there's, money a, did it make? there's a budget thing about this apparently this movie is reported 60 million it's worth a hundred a hundred plus million apparently like that's a joke and the number is drastically higher. Some people wow. have said this is the most expensive movie of all time. I can no, see that. what? I no, like there's some people time. that have said that this is more expensive than Endgame. Uh, yeah, what, I mean, with Avatar? how much? <laughs> with how much? Like, you think like, oh yeah, it's de aging. But like when you think like how much work it takes in to every shot has to reflect this de aging yeah, technology. Like, also, like the number of actors and actors. Yeah, yeah. Sure there are. I, there's. If you go to IMDb, there are over 400 credited actors. When usually there, are, it's like you know maybe a max of 100, and then everyone else is uncredited. Uh, like, they all had lines. I can't imagine. I've, just, I've seen. Bronson. I've seen multiple <laughs> things where it's just like yeah, 106. Like they wish it was 100. Action, action Bronson, Bronson wouldn't done that for less than like 30k. <laughs> he, he cost actually. He is the 100. $159 million. Is he really? Yeah. No. <laughs> You're fucking with the me. The budget for Avatar was 239 or 237 mm-hmm. in 2010. Yeah, so or two, <laughs> gotta, gotta account for inflation, That's buddy. Point. And the budget for the Irishman, according to Wikipedia, um, is 160. So once you add marketing and like some of those other, you know, additional costs that may be involved in that, well, then you could maybe reach. And like that, you said, apparent like a lot of the time the reported budget is not true. Well, especially for a company like Netflix, because it's not like Netflix is ever going to like they have to worry about like oh we're gonna make our money back. <laughs> They're never gonna release how many people watch this right. anyways. So like, I would be interested. They'd rather to put see... it low and then just be like it was a huge success. I'd it was like, totally I, worth it. I'd like to what see does it, it hurt for them. I'd like to see the number of people that started it and the, <laughs> the number of people that. Finished I feel it. like exactly, I feel like. Yep. It, I do you think it's higher or lower number than the people that started Roma and then turned that off because they realized it was Spanish? Higher for sure. Be, it's get, more people are going to see this because it's Martin Scorsese, like At that alone. Old, yeah, older people that are like, I grew up. I, Goodfellas is my favorite movie of all time. I yeah, no, this. people are talking about this movie. I think the buzz of it is is pretty hot. And the fact that it's on Netflix is only going to help. Yeah, dude. Because uh, Nier- it's so accessible. De Niro is on Good Morning America. On, yeah. Like, yeah. Saying fuck he is, Trump. Uh, he is on, yeah. <laughs> on Good Morning America. <laughs> They're like, hey, can't say that on that tone. You already did that once. Let's come back. Yeah. Man. Okay. I think with that, we can um, uh, we can get into spoilers for The Irishman. So if you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix right now. Check it out. I think it is one of the best movies of the year. Please see it. Highly recommend it. Um, yeah. Spoilers, Irishman, right now. Peg, 
uh, let's talk. Let's talk about the biggest death of the movie. Before we do, like Drew, you don't, you don't have to keep staring at my ears. <laughs> His ears aren't so big. I, I had a procedure I, I had done. A surgery. And I had a I had a surgery done, so you don't have to keep you don't have to keep no, staring I'm at not, my ears. That was I'm a really so really so JFK is fucking dead. <laughs> De Niro Sorry, did guys. Bay of pigs. Yeah. <laughs> De Niro is the the third the second shooter. I'm, I'm um, a, the that that whole bit with uh with fucking Agent Hunt, <laughs> that was his name. That was his last name. But that's my guy. Ethan yeah, Hunt. I I that was a uh, uh, hilarious to me, especially like the callback when when we saw him later. Yeah, he's like, and, oh, his ears aren't that big. Because <laughs> like, so like, I saw him, and they're like, "Is the guy with the big ears?" And I look at him, and I'm like, "That guy doesn't have big ears." And then, like an hour later, I, I it was it might have been Joe Pesci, but it was like that guy's ears they're not so big. <laughs> and I was like, "Thank you." Yeah. All right, we got to talk about the big, I think like thirty minute sequence of De Niro going to kill. Jimmy Hoffa. Uh, that Jimmy was Hoffa. Al Pacino. Yeah, Frank and Jimmy. That was, uh, that was. It was done in such a way that I really loved. I mean, especially. I really like. I think that my favorite. I mean, the ending is the best, but I think this is a movie that gets better as it goes along. Because I think that as soon as the JFK start stuff started to come in, I think that's where the movie went up a little level for me at least, because we have this kind of where you have the Joe Pesci, the mob side, they're like, sweet, we're going to get a Italian Catholic in there. He's one of us. We're going to like this. And meanwhile, like Al Pacino, Jimmy Hoffa is like really looking at it from a practical side and is like, no, this guy's like very anti-union. Like he's going to try to put me in jail. Cause he thinks that like, I'm doing all these things and mm-hmm. going to try and dig up everything. And I really liked how that all, uh, convalesced into JFK dying and yeah. uh then as the, the movie scene where they are watching the news in the diner I think is so good because oh, yeah. especially because you know that's happening as soon as there's like yeah you know Jack Kennedy's really going after this guy you're like oh boy yeah. this is not gonna go great you have, you have Pacino like eating his little ice cream which was a recurring thing that I love fucking ice cream that was, like, that was a good little I motif. wanted ice cream after seeing this movie and then yeah they they're watching it and you know this movie has like some kind of um, aspirations story-wise to tie into history and to have this Frank character, who I guess is a is a real yeah, guy. So it was all like super historical, and from what I read, the only thing that was like like an artistic kind of decision to make was actually the 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 dinner, the appreciation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that happened, but all the back and forth, like with the mob and Jimmy Hoffa and whatever, apparently they had a dinner the night before, is what happened. So they kind of joined two right. events. And and that, like, I, I really, really liked the dinner scene. I, I thought that was, like, fantastic because yeah. it's like you've got, like, like, Robert De Niro just, like, as a fucking child and then, like, his two divorcing parents just, like, <laughs> fighting yeah. over him. And they, they all, like, look at him like, yeah. you're on my side, the right? The mob and the Teamsters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was... it was uh... the, the dynamic there, I think, is one of the most fascinating parts of the movie because Hoffa is not outwardly a mob figure. Right. Obviously, behind the scenes, he is completely intertwined. Totally cool with Robert De Niro yeah. just whacking yeah, people. Yeah, but, but outwardly, you know, he is this, this populist figure, almost yeah, like a, a politician. Yeah, he's a politician. Yeah, yeah. Well, is he? He's not literally a politician. I mean, he still was elected 
to be in the role that gotcha. he is. So right. he is a form of a politician. Okay. Yeah. He, he's definitely a populist, though. Yeah, like, that's right. the definition of how he acts yeah. in front of people. And and his whole demeanor and the way he approaches uh, that, or I guess I should say the way Al, Pac- Al Pacino approaches the, the role fits his sensibilities perfectly because he gets to do these big, big scenes. Like the scene where he's freaking out about the 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 mob doing him dirty like he's just like insurance (laughs) the 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 scene where he meets uh that that short guy the short beefy guy what was the meeting yeah the 15 minutes late 15 minutes the steven graham meeting oh my god that That was incredible that's my favorite scene in this entire movie is that whole sequence and there's like yeah you're like and there's like and then they debate like what is too late, ten minutes or fifteen minutes? And Nero's like twelve and a half minutes. And they're like, yeah, see, it's right in the middle, guys. Okay, let's just you keep gotta going. Gotta factor in traffic before we go on. <laughs> you have to apologize. It's wearing apologize fucking shorts. <laughs> is this how you dress for a meeting? Is this how you dress in Florida? Mm. <laughs> I I feel that <laughs> dressing yeah. in Florida or how you dress for a no, meeting? No, pe- yeah, people not dressing how they should dress. Yeah, that's fair. As someone who manages people, yeah. this is how you feel. I don't give a shit that we're in Florida. Like, wear a goddamn suit. Like, I wear a suit every day to the pod. Every time we pod, I'm I in a tuxedo. Can, can verify. He's, it, he's it dressed to the ninnies. It doesn't have to be a suit. Just don't wear fucking shorts. Mm, <laughs> do don't it. Wear not to work. Um, I was just uh, peeing. Full Good. disclosure. Did you guys talk about Sebastian Maniscalco playing no, that, go off. that fucking Italian that is just like off the fucking handle? No, go like off. Later in the movie. You're talking about the fish scene. My, that was my no, favorite not fucking <laughs> scene of the movie was the fish no. scene. Sebastian Maniscalco plays the guy who like offends Joe Pesci. He is wearing the pin and he's like, do you really believe in that shit? Oh, right, right, right. So oh, yeah, and he got whacked. That, that Sebastian is another stand-up uh, like Ray Romano who got, Ooh, who got nice. this role. He is, uh, I hate his stand-up. In the movie, love him. Good. The thing with his stand-up is like, it's almost like an Italian version of a minstrel show where he's going so over the top with the stereotypes you about- super offended by that, Drew? <laughs> As someone who uh, heard I was part Italian from one source- mm-hmm. um, I can me. I can't say WAP, first of all. Um, <laughs> but he's, re- I mean, they, they cast right. Same with Action Bronson, like- that was great. You Action Bronson was as the a perfect person. <laughs> I, I I love Action Bronson. Just like like I I'd love to just like sit and then like have him take me to places to eat. Yeah, I want him to admit, <laughs> yeah I want him to like I want his mom to cook me and him food. That so awesome. one of the the best joys and honestly like most the everyone's gonna see this on Netflix. But one Everyone? of the joys of seeing this in a theater is that. When Action Bronson shows up on the screen, there was like a, a, a yeah, shock. There, there was an the audible like, "Oh shit!" Like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that was. I feel so uh, blessed that I got to see this in a movie theater because there were moments like I, that that you get this communal experience of everyone's like, "Okay, here I, we go, three and a half hours. Let's I, fucking do this." I definitely wish I could like seen it in like a better setting. Like, I I want. I mean, like the setting I saw it on wasn't like bad, but like it wasn't like movie theater like quality. Yeah, it was like it was like oh, it's a big TV, but like. You know, yeah, I'm you get to cuddle futon. up. You get to like snuggle up in a blanket. I think I, I poop too much to see this movie in a the theater. Mm-hmm. I would like 100. percent You're gonna say like I don't remember anything about this movie. I just kept pooping throughout it. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even pause can't, it. Can't pause it at home. 
no uh, have the theater experience but yeah it's just there are so many cast members and i really can't uh pick out one that did a bad job uh, who is your favorite like secondary cast member secondary member I really appreciated Ray Romano as Bill yeah. Buffalino. Mm-hmm. Great name. That, yeah. That's my. I wanted more of him. He kind of disappeared in the back that, half of the movie. That's like my I, serious answer, but my like my like non-serious answer is just Jesse Plemons in the fucking back. Yeah, and, I, and wish, that car I wish I wish he had done more. Scene. Jesse Plemons in the fucking the jury scene, and then oh, the I, jury I, scene was great. My that's favorite some, thing that's about great advice my favorite life. thing about that was him. That whole scene happens, and we watch it happen. And, you know, like, he charges him and everything. And then immediately afterwards, Al Pacino is explaining what happened to the people who literally just watched it happen. He's like, did you see that? So he came at me. He pulled out a gun, and I charged him. If he's got a gun, you charge him. He got a knife, you run away. That was <laughs> got a gun, you charge him. Got a knife, you run away. Well, they needed to get Seriously a quote good advice. for the for the yeah. papers. Well, it was like but that was incredible because it was people who were literally there that watched it, and he's describing well, the events that they just saw that, thirty seconds. That's earlier. exactly uh, that's exactly what a populist would do, though. He's immediately it's, mythologizing what yeah, just happened to he's, him. He's uh, speed wagoning <laughs> for all you anime fans out there. Oh boy, Ario Speedwagon is an anime. Ario Speedwagon <laughs> is the best character in the world, but wow. I digress. So. <laughs> it's a big JoJo Rabbit character. Let's let's talk about this two. this fish scene. Oh, JoJo Rabbit. This fish scene it ties right into <sighs> the big uh, it was murder. At the, cl- the climax. Right. It was like okay, so like all the scenes with like the cars going back and forth, and I, I guess like also like when he like beat the shit out of that shop owner. Is like like some like heavy like Clint Eastwood vibes. The like, hand like, crushing. You just like 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 seventies film. Mm-hmm. Like 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 back to that shit where it's just like 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 wide shots. You see a bunch of shit. There's no music in the background. It's just mm-hmm. the sounds of the th- and like I think it was the car going like the same like turn like three times mm-hmm. was like that that was that really big. Good. Uh, like wide up, shot, yeah, just like up on a pole, mm-hmm. like way up high, like looking down on the car making the turn. It it also makes you feel uh, the sense of doom and dread. Right, they really dragged out, just like going to kill uh, Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah. I did really, really like that whole sequence because the fish. It, it, yeah, like well, everything involving what happened then. Like you said, it was like maybe a half hour in full. Yeah, in which. Uh, Joe Pesci tells De Niro exactly what's going to happen, and then the next day he tells him the whole plan changed. Now here's what's going to happen, and then it all happens exactly how he said. Yeah, that was pretty. <laughs> and like, it, it's not pulling punches. It's not surprising it's you. It's what it it's is. It's just showing you like this shit is just going to happen, and it sucks. But this is what happens. And and it it really uh, kind of carries home that theme I was um, alluding to earlier about this man filled with regret and trying to hang on to these moments because they I think the movie does a pretty damn good job at setting up yeah the, these guys were friends like they had this these bonding moments in yeah, Chicago they, each other. they stayed in hotels wearing cute PJs like yeah, all the time they were it was adorable movie. he yeah. wanted him to be like the president they braided of a certain each other's precinct. hair like yeah. a very wholesome <laughs> friendship you know and it, I think that that also that kind of leads it the biggest regret of the movie whenever you think about the daughter of De Niro like oh the daughter hated Pesci immediately. She was like scared of this guy, but attached herself to to Hoffa, to Jimmy Hoffa. Hoffa she was like, I really love cool this guy. guy. Like there he's was... a cool guy. He seems like deep down he is a nice person. Where I just don't trust this Joe Pesci character. Yeah, and 
as soon as, as soon as Jimmy Alpha went missing, she knew what her dad had done. She had seen enough things that her dad had done. Yeah, when they're watching the TV and everyone starts giving him looks. That whole thing was like really sad to me because it's like she like really like idolized uh, like Jimmy Hoffa, and it's like that's because she was like isolated from it and it's like so she knew what the other guys did because like they were like like real sketch but like yeah jimmy hoffa was like you know he was a populist he was just like out there like playing a good guy yeah and but so she, she never she never made the connection that right. he is using the mob to kill people <laughs> and so like that that was like really sad that it was like it's like his daughter and she's like i don't like you because you killed my hero Oof. and it's like yeah it was just like and, well, he well, wasn't really a good guy but the, either the way you know? that that her character ends up is uh, De Niro is Frank going after her to try to finally be a yeah. father. Well, for the first time in his life, because As it an wasn't old man. Yeah, it wasn't just post killing Hoffa that they didn't get along, and that's I what I really love about the portrayal of that relationship. I think we just talked about this type of portrayal, like in Ford versus Ferrari. Uh, for Christian Bale's character would not still get along with his family. This is a man obsessed with one thing. Mm -hmm. And so you get to see what those guys are actually like around their families, which is detached. They don't get along with their fucking kids. They have nothing in common. But then you add to the fact that he, that this guy is like a killer for hire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Makes it even more detached. So I, but I mean... Whenever you think about that, I think that that even makes it more tragic at the end of the movie where it doesn't matter what he is. He's kind of nothing. Like, he has no real purpose in society anymore. Yeah. Like, it leads to the very end of the movie where he is just kind of giving this whole story. And, like, a nurse is like, oh, go to sleep, Frank. Like, you're fine. You've had your... He's talking you had to the your air. Out. Yeah, like, he's literally talking to no one. Because at the end of the day, like... He didn't really do anything special. Like, it didn't matter if he was going over there painting houses and being a hitman, or if he was just, like, owned a, like, mom-and-pop pharmacy shop. Like, at the end of the day, you just kind of die and you're nothing, which yeah. is why this movie ends on such a depressing and dour note, because the only thing that you really can do is, like, live on through the memories of your family. But he and didn't. he didn't have a relationship with his family exactly. to begin with. That's one of the reasons why this movie really reminds me, uh, slight spoilers for Raging Bull. Once again, it's based on a true story, so it's a real dude, so whatever. It's history. Um, learn it's all history. history. Yeah, learn idiots. history, you fucknut. Then watch um, a movie. But I, Raging Bull kind of has this similar vibe where it's a, it's a boxer who's like on top of the world. Like He beat Sugar Ray Robinson, and he did all these kind of things. But then he got involved in the mob, and they did all these other He's like also kind of bad violent things. and abusive. Yeah, well, that's a, a whole list of other reasons. There's a lot of things I don't love about the movie <laughs> Raging Bull, but it ends on a similar note, where it's a guy at the end of the day, he's just kind of like trying to do like stand up, like being a host for like just random singers that come to the town that he's in. Like it's like a he really like this ultimate fall from grace, and there's a very mm -hmm. similar overlap between that and the frank character in this movie right because then when when you're in the nursing home with frank uh really the very beginning of the movie which is uh by the way this beautiful tracking shot that opens it with this song in the um, nursing home yeah yeah i think the song is called in the still of night and you go to him you're hearing his voiceover and you go to his close-up. And he's not talking at first. Right. You're just hearing voiceover. And then he, like, resumes the voiceover speaking. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. It, it was so good. That was so cool. It was so good. And you get the sense that he is sort of just this rambling old man. 
he is just kind of finding yeah. things to yeah to, for all we know about. i was half expecting the reveal to be he's just talking to nobody the whole movie oh uh, that would have been bananas wouldn't that have been I like, mean, even sadder so it's like it's like because this was like uh it, it was uh based on a book and so the guy like it was i mean it was basically like every time in the in the nursing home was like supposed to be i guess him talking to the guy who wrote the book right was was my take, but but yeah, Drew, that would have been a much that would have been better. I, mean, I think there is a little bit of truth to that, you know, because I think you get the sense that he just he lives his last he, days. Yeah, here. he just wanted to reminisce. And like. sometimes there's somebody listening to him, and sometimes there's not. Yeah, and it's I mean we at that point we have to talk about the meta commentary aspect of the movie having it star all these people that starred in Scorsese's mob movies of yesteryear. This is a movie yeah. made by a very old man who's very aware that he's old. Well, that's another thing that's in the GQ article is that apparently like. They got the script for this movie, and De Niro pretty much called up Pacino as like, "Hey, this might be the last one." <laughs> yeah, this is this like is this, like an, a goodbye because even though it may not actually Scorsese's be, he's like he's fucking old. Like he's eighty. He's seventy seven. Seventy and even yeah. though he didn't like live a life in the mob and like you know have a life of uh, immoral debauchery in that respect, I would guarantee you that he wishes he had not. Uh, spent so much time on movies because that's every single person when they die thinks I wish I had spent more time I mean, with my family. It makes a yeah. lot of sense if you like. I've I've done the masterclass uh, with oh, uh, Martin oh. Scorsese before. Plug for masterclass. Professor, so and if you, has use, if you use code Wabam right now at checkout, you will get an error code. But just delete that and then you can pay seventy dollars for the year. Yeah. Um, Enter code your credit card number. <laughs> <laughs> At checkout. Send code, us your, your credit, credit card. card number at webottomike at gmail.com <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and we'll sign you up maybe. And maybe we'll um, learn about film finally because um, we don't know a shit. But it is, I mean, everything about that, like Scorsese grew up in poverty in New York City, which kind of adds to, if you've ever seen Goodfellas, mm-hmm. the very opening line of that movie is all I can do whenever I was a little boy, the first thing I can remember is all I wanted to do was be in the mob. Yeah. And that kind of explains a lot of Scorsese's personality. Explains like, why he has this... People. Maybe all of his why personality. He has, it explains why he has this like infatuation with this mob mentality. And now that he's older... I mean, there's little bits of it in something like Goodfellas and some of his other movies that deal with the Departed personalities. The, the Departed starts with like a non-exposition version of that, where it's a kid looking at mobsters and wanting to be them. Mm-hmm. Is The Departed good? Yes. Yeah, it's great. I won't hear anything about it's it. It's great. It makes no goddamn sense. Well, what's so? Yeah, funny. it's over the top. It's <laughs> <Duke> Murphy's <laughs> did a song for it. It has to be good. Dun, right? dun, dun, they dun, play dun. that song like three times. Yeah, yeah. They play it so that's much. that song is a fucking banger. <laughs> uh, Mark Wahlberg. Listen to that song every time I go to Boston. So go back home. A, a, a little bit about uh, the Departed here. That movie has a plot that is a little nonsensical. It's something about microprocessors it no, or something. It makes literally no sense. Oh, microprocessors. But now you're speaking the, my goddamn the language. The movie is still great. The Departed We're, is amazing. I, I don't like the take that it's not because it, cause it won all the awards, so then there's automatically going to be backlash because it's a flawed movie. It's still a Marty Scorsese movie with all the best actors in the world. It's yeah. a really good Killing movie that's it. not as good as The Town, but we're not talking about The Departed right now. So. It's better than it The Town. It is better than The Town. I, the Town is better. Wahlberg in The Departed is better than Renner in 
the town, and they're playing the same game. Anyway, How the- dare does, is there is there a Wahlberg gap? Wahlberg, Tell me, is there is there a no longer existing Wahlberg, Wahlberg gap? In the Departed gave Renner no. He's a got career. he's got an overpriced burger chain, is what he has. It, no, shut up. <laughs> so this movie, The Irishman, he's from Boston. Gave you me just love him. a little bit of the Departed vibes because a lot of the plot here kind of I was lost. It, it the intricacies of yeah. There's the, plenty the that I mob dealing. I, I couldn't answer if you asked me about this yeah. movie. It, like it's it, really specific shit. Yeah, I, it all like kind of like fell together and like connected right when like the the like the reminiscing storyline hit the like going to the wedding. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And that's agree. that's yeah. where the third act. Yeah. That's where I would put the intermission. Mm. Was is when they all meet up because it's okay. like the first act is like it's I mean like it's not world building because like the world already exists but it's like it's like it's like explaining like like this is my mindset this is how I got here and it's like introducing like going to the wedding and like for like the first like what the two, idea two, the first of two what hours the wedding yeah, represents you, you have no fucking clue what's go like what the wedding is like they kind of like explain it but they don't really like explain like why they're going yeah, to it's the to wedding settle shit. Right. It's like this is not a celebration of like two souls being right. joined together for eternity. This no. is like we might have to kill this fucking guy. <laughs> like No, I, yeah. I really like that take because I mean you were talking about the first twenty minutes being kind of rough for you. I would say the whole first half of the movie is pretty handedly worse I think than the second up, half of up the movie. Until uh um Hoffa is introduced, it is kind of grindingly slow. Yeah, when Hoffa comes in, boom, like the yeah. movie's going. But I'm that's in. 45 minutes into the movie yeah. is the it's, problem. It's, I mean, yeah, the, that's, the movie could have been shorter. We could have entered this, his story later into his story. Yeah, I don't think... Really? I really don't think... If we're going to have the De Niro voiceover anyways, I feel like they could have just already established like he's with the mob. Exactly. He's already yeah. voicing over We don't over have to exposition. have him like, yes. oh, I met him at a gas station one day and he helped me to smuggle yeah. raw meats in. Yeah, and it was like, that all could have been a lot yeah, but, but if we didn't have that, we wouldn't have Ray Romano. No, but so you still could have I'll had that. You you still, that. If they're going to keep doing they still have other flashbacks in it. Like, there is still, like, the military scene, stuff like that. That could have just been one flashback. But, it could have been 30 seconds. That's the introduction of Ray Romano. <laughs> Ray so, Romano needs his own movie. And Ray the, Romano does need his own Bill movie. Bill Buffalino he, the movie. You know what? <laughs> he needs his own show about yeah. how everybody, like, loves <laughs> yeah, him yeah, and his performances. I, it's just about, like, him being a guy. It yeah. should be called Every person enjoys Raymond I, Romano. Exactly. Every person enjoys Romano. I'll give you some money to like start that shit yeah. up. Let's Should I call it, it uh, uh, Netflix. TCM? No, Netflix. Can we get TB- Bobby Cannavale to play his brother? He should have a brother who's really short. <laughs> so, or, or like a brother. <laughs> so I have, I have two points. I have two points. One is one of my favorite parts of the movie is this tiny, tiny little thing that happens in the first act where we see how Frank kind of uh, starts to to seep into this world via being a truck driver, and we get a direct callback to Goodfellas with the meat locker. Yeah. That shot where the 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 truck opens and it's a it's a meat truck. Direct callback to Goodfellas. Love that. And there are other things like the Copacabana sequence. Yeah. Uh, Scorsese yeah, directed both. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> there's the no scene. Shit. There's a scene. Robert with Ro- De Niro is in it. <laughs> well, there's the scene with Robert De Niro where he puts on clown makeup and he dances down the stairs in oh, New York City uh, to uh, tie okay. it to the yeah. Joker. And he looks at the camera and says, "This is epic." <laughs> and I then, have depression. <laughs> 
And then the other point is that I think I obviously I get the gripe of the movie being a little bit overlong. And I already expressed how I think that that's the point. But specifically the first act and that first like half hour or so, I think it lends itself to how the movie represents the passage of time and life because our early years always feel slower and more drawn out. When we're younger, time goes by slower. We perceive it as slower. And then as we get older and time starts to stack on, then it starts to really kick into high gear and whiz by. Yeah, like you look up and it's like 10 years later, you have more forehead wrinkles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, seriously, the movie, though. The movie I mean, follows, like follows a, that same structure where the first half or so, or not the first half, but the first half hour, you are sort of feeling every individual yeah. beat and well, moment and second. I think part of that, too, is because it's just started and you know how long it is. So you're yeah. like, you're like, I'm going to be sitting here. Oh, for a yeah. Minute. I just like I just like pause it real quick. Just like, what's this bar at? Oh, fuck. is it? Yeah. Right. Is it really that? Maybe the credits are an hour long or something. The credits so, actually were really long. Yeah. It I, it's probably actually closer to like 315 than 330. Yeah. So there is a, uh, I mean, I did actually kind of think about this afterwards. Uh, the last three plus hour non-Scorsese movie I watched, because I have watched some Scorsese movies that are pretty goddamn long, um, was Cloud Atlas that we all watched together. Mm-hmm. Very similar. Whenever I think similar. about a movie like that, <laughs> that I like, at one point we paused Asian the movie and we realized we were 35 minutes into a three-hour movie. Yeah. I kind of wanted to kill myself in yeah, that, yeah, in that yeah. split second. Like, I really thought about just, like, if I busted this bottle of vodka over my head right now, would I die? Would you, or be, at least, would you be happier? Would I at least <laughs> pass out for the duration of that thoughts this movie's on, existing? Thoughts on Cloud Atlas. Oh, Nate saw it, right? Did He, was, you were, he was there, yeah? He saw part. Yeah. He saw enough of it. It, I mean, it was a wild experience. Um, I can't really say I remember anything. <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't watch it intently. We would go insane. I don't think we finished it. Um, yeah, it, it was wild. Did, did we? We definitely <laughs> finished yeah. it. We a thousand we really percent did. finished it. Unfortunately, we did that. We it. found the real true true, and that was the Irishman. So. Irishman. We got to hit a couple more points here before we wrap up. Let's go. The cinematography. Fantastic. Looks, There's two uh, slow motion sequences that I loved. Um, I think one of them is the wedding, and then the other one is uh, some assassination that is depicted uh, where people are like kind of clamoring for this oh yeah gun. there's the, 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 the point where the, the the black guy pulls so. out the gun and, and he like pulls it out and the, the mob one and black he, guy yeah. in the movie god yeah damn it. unfortunately sorry there's, there's no black Damon guys Martin. in the italian mob right bro okay. the mob is canceled <laughs> <laughs> the mob is toxic masculinity also i just <laughs> no women to, i just wanted to hit the the fish scene again the fish scene I waited so long for Jesse Flemons to say anything, <laughs> and then the fact that that's like my favorite scene in the yeah, movie—it's it's just him being like f- uh, flummoxed <laughs> about a fish. Well, he <sighs> he contributes to his father being murdered. Yeah, and doesn't he even doesn't know, it. know what's going on. And actually, <laughs> never knows it. And he doesn't know that his dad died there. And it, what an idiot! <laughs> maybe maybe he's just like pretending like he's an idiot. He's so just he in denial. Get I, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> That's but a better take. It, it, the 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 fish seed I think is so it's so weird but also so specific that it kind of lends to the um 
just the fact that this is trying to be sort of this historical thing. You know, and you hear someone talking about this story where a guy put a fish in his car and that's why it smells like fish. But what kind of fish was it? It, <laughs> it is this, this very specific thing, but it's also like um, it, it rides that line where it could be this alibi that is too specific. Like you had to think of something that was very... I bought a uh, cod and I left it in the back seat of my yeah, car. Yeah, like totally just not masking a body or anything. So I read it as I thought about that, but then I I think it plays into the whole thing. Like you were saying, memories they go by a lot faster as you get older, but the really important ones you remember every single thing. Mm-hmm. So it strikes me as like the yeah. guy the guy who narrated the actual book, the actual guy, I feel like he went really in depth about that day because that was like the most important day of his life. And yeah, he remembers every little thing. Traumatizing as fuck. Yeah, so he he probably was just he kept telling the interviewers about this fish and they're like, "All right, we'll put it in the book." Like Well, I mean, <laughs> I guess. once again, that's a callback to Goodfellas. There's a, like literally a 30-40 minute sequence that is just the day that he gets caught that the day that Ray Liotta gets yeah, caught. Yeah, cuz that's the and most that is, important day. That is like the climax of this movie is this like 30 minute sequence that you're just like sitting there with like your hands clenched yeah. watching this thing. And it's so detailed down to like every little thing of just like you have to keep stirring the pot. If you don't <laughs> stir the pot, then it's going to it's going to get burned. You got to keep doing it. It's like it's so detailed that it is one of those things that it, it, it once again. Yeah, you're right. That it does strike you as like a memory. See, I, I kind of like interpreted like all these like super specific like like. Like you know, the 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 comedic scenes really like took place like in between like really big events, mm-hmm. and I just kind of like took that as like, uh, you know, almost a way to like pass the time, like not pass the time, but it's like, uh, like letting it like the seriousness of like the situation kind of marinate, yeah. But like in a way that's like completely normal, like yeah. Because if you're going you ever... to kill Jimmy Hoffa, like it, you're definitely yeah. gonna be like making comments about like how the fuck do you not know what kind exactly. of fish you bought? Well, like, yeah. I like that it's not. I like kind of the lack of comedy in I mean it's not like the last act of the movie is completely devoid of comedy but it does tone down a lot and like as we start to get towards the end of the movie because it has to in a way like you can have still like some lighter moments because it is such a long sequence that day of the wedding where all this kind of shit is happening but it has to slow down enough for the Jimmy Hoffa death sequence to be effective, and it really is. Like it, yeah. it's even the so moment sad. where he shoots him. It's the, so sad, yeah, you know, because he like walks in there and Jim yeah. and like Pacino's immediately like, the, the "This out. doesn't feel right. We Don't, gotta go." And then like he just turns around and oh, just gets the, popped by his. The best last friend. words that that he says, I think it was like specifically like. I don't like this. Let's get out of here. Yeah. And, and then, then it just, goes, oh, and then yeah. it dies. And it's like that, that goes back to like what I liked about how quick the assassination sequences were was it's like, there's no beating around the bush. There's it, no like yeah, looking the victim the, in the eye. This scene, like, yeah. The scene with him just having a gun to his forehead. Like, I'm so sorry, man. You know, like the, the classic movie yeah, right. scene. It's like, it's, that's not how it goes. They're just dead. You don't want to do that. If you have to kill your friend, you want to just do it. And Violence just get it in done movies with. is often. Process it later when you're yeah. like telling a story to a biographer. Yeah, when you're, when you're dying. <laughs> It's often sexy, you know. There's yeah. nothing sexy about no. the violence in this. It's it's really off-putting. That's like blowing your load like immediately. Yeah, what it was. <laughs> it's it's. I tough. wouldn't I wouldn't say that metaphor, but <laughs> it could. Uh, Killing the, your friend is like blowing your load. The, uh, <laughs> no, blowing it early. <laughs> <laughs> the no. other the other thing I, I I wanted to touch on, and we are 
going a little long here, so I want to wrap up soon. Well, it's it, a long movie. So. Yeah. I still think it's too the long. Very, we still have two and a half hours to go. The very, podcast. very end of the movie, I think, is perfection. Yeah. He's talking 100%. to the priest. He doesn't realize that it's Christmas. I think that the fact that he is talking to a priest is important. Because yeah. And also the priest is trying to... He's like, do you not feel bad about this? <laughs> like, he's trying to get uh, empathy out of him. And he's like, I, I don't know. Should also, I feel bad? Also, stuttering old De Niro, that's some of the best old person acting I've ever seen in my life. Like, the, that's just, uh, like, jo- just Joe Pesci was try- pretty good when yeah, he was playing too. real old. But just, like, s- trying so hard to find words and just finding nothing. Like, that's such an old person thing. Yeah. So I'm glad that you brought up, because I really wanted to highlight that. Another old... Scorsese movie that I just watched for the first time is Mean Streets. And one of the things that happens in Mean Streets is they are kind of like they have like a quote unquote insurance company, but it's kind of sketchy. It's a lot of like mob style, like bullying businesses to give them money for protection kind of things like that. And then they'll go there and they'll just like beat the shit out of people. But every Sunday, De Niro is just like, I gotta go to church and repent for all my sins. Eventually, he kind of reaches a point where he's just like, I'm just saying words. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I don't even really feel anything. I'm just gonna go back out and do it again. So, what's the point of all this? Yeah, he's like, I'm and just here because I feel like I'm really supposed to be. struck me in like that same kind of a vibe of this movie where it's just like, it's it's a very like classically, especially like Catholic kind of a thing to do, where it's like you have to repent for all of your sins, and there's like yeah, seven Hail Marys, yeah. And it's like okay, but what else? Like, how do I change who I am? I and mean, also, when you're old and you're about to die, there's not really much what you else can do. Can you turn yeah, you can't really do anything. Who's gonna else? talk? To, his family's not gonna talk to him. Yeah, like for there's nothing sure. for him. Um. Yeah, the whole end of the movie, I agree, was just and the fucking final incredible. shot. Yeah, leave the door open just a little. Him bit. with the door cracked. Oh. Yeah, yeah, man, beautiful, good shit. Uh, Scorsese, he, pretty, pretty solid guy. He I might be a good up and comer. <laughs> we might want to keep an eye on this guy. I hope this isn't his last movie. I don't I think he well, is slated is, to do a little more. I he is one of those guys who I think compulsively like Woody Allen, where he like cannot Whoa. stop making movies. I love making pictures. I went like when he stops, I think he's gonna die that year. I'm I dead can't serious. stop having sex with underage children. Yeah, can what? we can we hope what? for that? Is that allowed? No, um, I think that you <laughs> are right. to die, not have sex with underage women. But I, <laughs> let me be clear. Yeah, I think yeah. that there is a chance that I mean. Earlier, he, this isn't even the first movie that he's put out this year. Yeah, he, he put just, out uh, Bob Dylan's Rolling Thunder review this year, which is a good. Netflix. Yeah, I don't think it's his last one. I just think it's the one that is more than any of them going to reckon with it right. being the end for it him. It has yeah. a, a tone of finality. Yeah, he'll make some other ones, but they won't be like about death and about ending. The end. Your, yeah, exactly. This yeah. is it. Really does come across as a swan song of yeah. the movie. Yeah. Um, any last thoughts, Dane? <sighs> I don't know. I mean, uh, I I don't know if I said earlier, but like I, you know, when I when 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 I when I was talking to Drew about doing this whole thing, and it was like the the two dates was it was this and Ford versus Ferrari, and I told Hunter when we were when we were talking earlier, like I I couldn't see myself watching Ford versus Ferrari fun. and having a good time. <laughs> I, but like that's just me. It's cars. You know, it's, it's a pretty good movie. Like, it, <laughs> it, but what if not, I told it you it doesn't carry you a lot of weight? But Dane, what if I told you that it's more like Ford versus Ford? <laughs> hey, it doesn't yeah. have the weight that this. Yeah, this movie like, is very I, profound. I, I yeah. like. I said like, yeah, I do this because like I, you know, I, I didn't see myself like like 
enjoying this, but like as I watched it, I realized like, like this movie was like made for people like me. Nice. And so like I don't think that I would like recommend this movie to anybody, but like if if I was like talking to somebody about like shit they like to watch and they're like, "You know what I like is a good movie where everybody dies at the end." I'd be like, <laughs> "Boy, have I got a movie that's three and a half hours that you should just block out." Yeah, I mean for. if if you are the type of person who uh, would be in for a three and a half hour ride. Like, exactly. go for it. Exactly. So this is if, what if, if it's you, made for. If you like binge watching like Netflix shows, yeah. like just might as well. Yeah. In a way, this exactly. is kind of perfect for it to be on Netflix. Yeah, that is this long because people just you sit down and they'll it. just be like, yeah. "I'll just watch all of this." I, you can new take a season. shit if you're like me I, and you. If you're <laughs> like, "Oh, should I dive into the new season of Thirteen Reasons oh, Why?" Watched, or The Irishman. <laughs> I watched BoJack in one sitting. Nice. I watched. I watched Paul Rudd's show in one sitting yeah. yeah that's like three and a half hours exactly yeah. I, like, I really i agree with your other point though that like without reading a single review i heard like the same things everyone else heard about it it's extremely long it's very sad uh it's kind of slow and it's very good mm-hmm. and i ended up feeling exactly that about the movie right. like and if you heard those four words that's all you need I to hear more than four words if you hear those four phrases that we all <laughs> say all the time and and you like what you hear, then watch the movie because it's exactly as advertised. I don't even know if you need to like it. I think you just need to be like okay with. It. I'm just I'm so I'm just glad I watched it. Yeah, like in retrospect, uh, it like, was definitely really, it 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 hits you in a way that you'll remember f- for a longer time. Because like Ford versus Ferrari, we all agreed had good emotional beats that hit you, but I, I haven't thought about them since. It's not gonna be lasting. I'm still yeah. I'm gonna be thinking about this movie for a while. Yeah, no. The when I went to see it and that later that night when I was just lying in bed. With my eyes shut, I was thinking about the (laughs) thinking about death, thinking about the futility of your existence. existence (laughs) Exactly. It's yeah. I was just like, God damn! Like, what is the point of anything? It has it has a lot to say. Yeah. And uh, the the biggest thing the biggest thing it has to say is that if you aren't there for your family and your loved ones, they're gonna hate you. You you have nothing. You'll else. die alone. Period. Yeah, exactly. Well, like, everything just, else you're gonna is approach them in a bank. It's more and so they're gonna shut up their their teller spot, and then you're never gonna see. They're gonna them become again. Anna Paquin. <laughs> it's, as it, they grow old. <laughs> it's really just like I mean well, the sign whole me thing. The fuck up for that. The whole thing with like having like children. Or having some kind of a legacy is somebody passing on your story. And if you don't have anyone to pass on your story, if you don't have any family and you don't have any friends, then your story of who you were dies with yeah, you. Yeah, right. Be- because he has this great. Because he doesn't have friends either. Well, exactly. They're he has this dead. whole banquet He's... to celebrate his life, and it's all phoney. Like, and then he yeah. murdered the it's guy not who about gave him the, the yeah. keynote speech about how great oh, a guy he was. Yeah, because honestly, no one. Would want to hang out with that guy. <laughs> He's a boring man and a murderer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. De Niro, De Niro as a the character real, uh... is not an interesting character. Like, like no, he's... even if you didn't know his job or anything. He's just like a fucking stoic, like boring guy. No personality. Just, he mostly just drinks. He's not even like jealous that Pacino is friends with his daughter. Like I really like that they didn't even frame it that way. It's just like yeah, no, he just had a connection with her that I would never have. Because he just wouldn't. He's just a boring guy with nothing. You know, he's stone-faced. And I, I appreciate that because I, I kind of wonder what Marty's life is like with his family. 
Like, do you ever wonder? Like, I don't know, do you, man. He because has a dog makes well, a shitload of money. The, the so guy like, who directed, I mean, he clearly provides, but just like Scorsese or uh, De Niro does for his family. You but hire somebody to provide. A the guy who made Ad Astra. He said, yeah, he said very much that the movie kind of is gr- him grappling with the fact that he is away from his family so much making movies. Yeah. Like, this is something that a lot of directors have to deal with. Um, I mean, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. There are so many movies that deal with this. Like, the, the character is almost a surrogate. He has to be working, or so he thinks. Really, he doesn't. Um, so I, Scorsese, uh, email the pod yeah, to tell hey, me if Scorsese, my... Scorsese, you know what? I have, I have a suggestion for Scorsese. Just go out, take a little hiatus for movies, go on a break, go see Ant-Man the Wasp with your kids. I don't know. Like, maybe yeah. it'll Scorsese, be a fun time. I, I enjoyed that movie. <laughs> Scorsese has been married five times. He has three children, including a social media influencer who is... Oh, wait, no, I'm looking I at somebody hate, else. I was about to say, I hate him already. <laughs> he has, please, please give me somebody that I can like His kids are like more. the Pauls. <laughs> Oh my! God. He re- he has so much regret for not being oh, there because no. they turn into assholes. That's, anyway, that's Marty, good. Marty, come come on the show. Come on the show. Come on the show. Come on the show. Come on for um. Who says now? Come on for the next Marvel, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. Uh, all you right. You can pop off if you want. Dane, thank you for coming on. We are gonna have you for our Watchmen talk, so please listen to that. Oh, it's gonna be a goddamn pleasure. Uh, listen to that and email us at webottomicogmail.com. Follow us on social media at We Bought a Mike. Anything you want to plug? Um, uh, no. uh, don't don't uh, beat your kids. Good. Oh, all right. That's, yeah. the, that's I, the best. You know what? You my take have. is well. My take is beat your kids, <laughs> beat your significant others. Oh Jesus! And kill your pets. Kill your pets and support your best Tom friends. Brady and the Patriots. And please support Tom Brady and the Patriots. I want to beat Hunter this week. Kiss, <laughs> oh, shit. kiss. If you got, if you got a little baby boy at home, kiss him around the motherfucking mouth. All right. Thanks for <laughs> listening. Don't do that. We love you. Bye.